So what we watch anime, so what we play League, we're just having fun, we don't care who sees, so what we stay in, it don't bother me, living young, pale and nerdy. Hello and welcome to the Reading Entertainment Podcast, episode 276 for December 6th, 2020. My name's Nathan Reentz-Bruth. And joining me this week is old man Andrew Roe McVane. Hey, kids. Hey, how y'all doing this, this week? And I, of course, am also very old. Aroa, what, uh, where can we find you? You can go to that good old Roa.website. Uh, it's got all the links to everything, uh, including, including Nathan, including Connor, who's not here this week because he's too busy. Trying to trying to be a little heisty boy playing playing Payday Two in VR, which I might join him at some point. So I was actually playing Payday with him, and then I went to go do the podcast, and he's like, "I'm gonna continue playing Payday." Bye. So <laughs> he he ignored us to play more Payday. Fuck him. Then. I know, right? Uh, and what games have you played this week? Uh, well, you know. Um, World of Warcraft's kind of been dominating my life. Uh, but I also played uh, Pistol Whip for that's, the first time. That's in the a while. VR rhythm game, right? Yes. It's, uh, it's VR, you shoot the gun in time with the beat to shoot the boys. And they added a campaign mode uh, this last week. And it, officially in my mind makes it the best rhythm game rhythm vr game um definitely moves it to like i I can't i'm not sure where it is on my list of top vr games but i want to say top three because it's just that good of an experience it's fantastic um it's only like 45 minutes long roughly uh, but that also means that it's short enough to where as long as you have as much stamina as a 370 pound nerd, uh, you can get along just fine playing through it in one session. I was tired afterwards, certainly, but, uh, God, it was really fun. Um, there's brand new enemies that act totally different. Uh, you have a new gun that is a burst fire smart pistol uh so you get to do really badass shit like you can you you can drag the gun along a path of enemies and it'll shoot each of them individually like it's just super satisfying and it ends with a boss fight which is something that the game has never had before and that's really fucking fun too uh i finished it on normal uh only died i think twice um and it was it's just great um if if you haven't played it uh and you have enough space which it doesn't require a whole lot of space um basically if you can if you can reliably swing your arms around in a full 360 then you're good um i I did punch uh the treadmill once because i i it's. It, I know it's a common thing, but I, I have a lot of trouble keeping myself from walking forward whenever I'm playing games like that. And uh, I just I walked a little too far forward without realizing it, and I swung my arm up and just rammed it right into the a metal bar. <laughs> Which that, but it's also really cool because I don't think I've had a fun time like that since I was playing VR like the first couple of months and swung my hand and hit a bookshelf while I was playing Gorn. And yeah, I've done that. I've, was, I've hit, uh, I've hit plenty of things cause I don't have as big of an area as you do either. Yeah. And it's like, it's really, it's really cool to finally have that, that kind of immersive experience again. Cause it's, those are, those are kind of hard to come by nowadays. Now that VR has kind of become normal for, for me. It's just normal, uh, just yeah. just normal living in a virtual world, playing yeah. WoW VR. Isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that fucking weird though? That like, 
It's just like, yeah, we just have headsets with these super high resolution screens that you put them on your head and, you know, puts you in a full 3D world that runs at a, at enough of a speed to actually trick your brain into thinking that you're there. You know, that, it's just casual, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, And meanwhile, like 10 years ago, the best we had was like, there's an LED display that goes on your head and lights flash and it's really immersive. And like, it sucks. <laughs> we got this but... cardboard box that you put your phone into. <laughs> which is called Google literally cardboard. a cardboard box <laughs> literally google cardboard yeah um i also tried out amazon luna it's uh which have shit. holy fuck how did they fuck it up so bad well and like... also okay so you're gonna talk about the delay like the delay not even really just bad. the delay but but what, what were you gonna say the games like they have like no good games on there. That's true. I I will agree with you there. Uh I was trying to find something that would be like that that I recognized for one, uh which there wasn't a, like there were there were a number of things I recognized, but like there's also a lot of shit that's just like what is this shovelware garbage? Uh but like most of it is it, it reminds me of OnLive where like you didn't get call of duty you got the the fucking uh resistance game thing uh north korea's invading america game ho ho homeland uh, home front home front that's i th yeah i think the game yes yeah yeah you know it, it, like their big game uh on the on the banner whenever you log in is uh control which I tried that and I tried Sonic because uh, Sonic is actually the same thing that I tried on PlayStation now. And it's funny because it felt exactly the same as it did in PlayStation now. That is to say it was awful. Uh, yeah. The, the delay is like, I didn't time it because I don't have the equipment necessary to do it properly. And really the feeling is what actually matters but it felt pretty close to 100 milliseconds, maybe even 150 milliseconds. Like, what type of phone do you have? It, type of phone do I have? Yeah. I have an iPhone. Uh, can that do like 120 or 240 frames? Per oh, second? yeah, yeah. You can do 240 FPS. Yeah, I guess that's something I could, I could do. And you wouldn't, be able my, to, uh... like, you wouldn't be able to accurately measure. You probably could accurately measure if you knew the maths, but like you could see at least like here's when i press just how bad it is and yeah. then how long it takes before the reaction is and since you own sonic over many different consoles yeah you could you could record like well okay, i even here's here's how i even have control i even have control locally like yeah. i own that on steam yeah well that's what i was gonna say you're like here's here's how it reacts on the pc here's how it reacts on luna and then if you wanted, you could just be like, and here's how it reacts on an actual uh, Sega Genesis. <laughs> Hooked up to a CRT. Yes. <laughs> that I that I totally have. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's abysmal. I can't imagine like how they did this so poorly. <laughs> you would think that like if they're going to launch this, and try to compete with the likes of Stadia uh, and and xCloud, which I haven't tried xCloud yet. But I know that at least with Stadia, the one thing I can say for it is that whenever it works properly, uh, it actually has very little lag. It's there. It's definitely there. It's always going to be there. But it's very little. Um, now, people who might be more into the idea of cloud gaming, and specifically Luna, would probably point to the Luna controller, which may actually help with this. But my feeling is uh, I'm not paying $50 for a controller that I'm only going to use for one service that doesn't have all the games that I want to play in the first place. Um, well, and you can just hook up an Xbox controller. 
so so the reason that the luna controller would possibly make a difference is because it bypasses going through your computer what? uh the Lu the luna controller is a wi-fi controller that uh puts its inputs through directly to the virtual machine that your game is running on so it doesn't go through your computer and then off to the luna servers where it's processed it is connected straight through to the to the vm so it reduces like input lag i don't i i i don't like that well you don't like having a having an iot controller that's just kind of sitting around yeah no and and that would also mean that i wouldn't be able to use the controller with anything else well i think you can still plug it in with a cable if you want to but oh, okay. the idea is supposed to be that it that it goes through the internet to reduce input latency that would happen by going over your over your computer and then you know through everything else so like i could see that reducing input lag by maybe 20 milliseconds tops but i i'm highly doubtful that it would turn it into a suddenly playable experience and yeah. even if it did again as we've said unless you really like ubisoft games and are willing to buy ubisoft plus there's no reason to use luna as, and, as and your platform of choice to be fair to be fair when they release because it's in beta right now and when it yeah. releases full time it'll probably have a lot more games available on it but you maybe and and, and maybe the performance will improve because I'm I'm sure that they've been working on this tech for some time because they were probably working on it clear back whenever Mixer was like, you know, still gaining notoriety. Because like Mixer's whole thing being low latency video streaming, like that's kind of been Twitch's huge holdup. Yeah. Uh, is that even YouTube has super low latency streaming and like Twitch has gotten better, but they're nothing compared to what the super low latency YouTube streams and what Mixer did. Yeah. So that, but, that's probably they're using that tech here. But if I'm looking at Luna here, so Luna's $7 a month right now in beta. I'm assuming it's going to go up to 10 to $15 a month when it's out of beta. It's let's say $10. It'll go up to $10 a month. Uh, once it actually releases. Okay. But you could get Game Pass for ten dollars a month, or you can get Game Pass Ultimate for fifteen dollars a month. That's what I was going right? to say. You can get Ultimate for fifteen dollars a month. That gives you games on the Xbox, the PC, and X Cloud. Right. And like, there's actually games you're going to want to play because yeah. I believe with with Ultimate, you're they included EA. Right, they included yep. the EA game. You get pass. yeah, you get EA Play. Um, I don't think it's EA Play Pro, uh, which is an, a separate thing. But it's still EA Play gives you a surprisingly good library of, yeah. of games, like comparable to Game Pass. Like if Game Pass didn't exist, I would be an advocate for EA Play. Uh, let me take a look just just opening up Game Pass here. Seeing what games well, they, are available. So, whoa, I didn't know. Uh, so they they just added Haven, uh, which is a new game from the developers of Fury, which is one of my top games of all time. Um, what? Oh what? yeah. Oh yeah. Doom oh, Eternal on Game Plus. Yeah, yeah. You were surprised about Doom Eternal. I, I whenever I saw that come through, I was like. Oh, right. They own that now. <laughs> yeah. So, like, they've got Doom Eternal. They've got Dragon Quest Eleven, which is, if you like RPGs, that's one of the best RPGs that come out in the last couple of years. Uh, uh, I don't know. They added Valhalla, uh, yeah. which is a really good, uh, like, visual novel slash bartender uh, simulation game. Yeah. They've got um, Final Fantasy VIII Remastered. They've got, uh, I'm just looking at this front list here, Halo, of course, all the Halo games. Uh, I didn't realize Master that Arc, Arc includes, like, expansions and stuff. Like, they're, they're keeping that up to date on this platform. Yep, they've got uh, Dead by Daylight, the Age of Empires games, uh, Wasteland 3. 
for like the Forza games. Like, yes, Luna might be fun. <laughs> Luna might and at some point have games you're gonna want to play. But if you have to choose between Game Pass Ultimate and Luna, like Game Pass Ultimate is definitely the way to go. Even if XCloud isn't that good, it's still going to include a bunch of games that you're gonna want to be able to play, like Doom Eternal. Um, I is, do they still have the Outer Worlds on on Game Pass? Or I believe it, so. Yes. Or did that get taken out? Yeah. The no, Outer Worlds. I think is included? It, as long as a game is popular uh, with players, they keep it on. So. So like we've they've got a lot of games on Game Pass, um, and it's probably the best deal in gaming still. Just with Absolutely. how many how many games you get, especially with all of the new. Bethesda games that are going to be coming out uh, are probably going to be on Game Pass when it comes out, or when the games release. So, anyway, how's uh? So Luna sucks. Did you play anything else? Uh, no, not really. Okay, uh, we'll move on to me. Uh, I played a little bit of Payday before the before the thing started, and uh, we're terrible at stealth, so that was fun. We tried to stealth every mission and we failed every time. There was one mission uh we ended up getting the stealth bonus because I threw down my jammer. Um Connor tagged a truck or uh the other guy tagged a truck and then somehow we we ended up tagging the correct truck on election day and just ran away. And it's like you got the stealth bonus even though we murdered like four people. <laughs> Um, and then on Monday, of course, I played some Overwatch, got some boxes. Uh, I, they really need to change the way that their boxes work because the way that their boxes work is you can get duplicates. And I don't like that because every single box I get has a duplicate in it and you get coin, like you get a little bit of currency for it. But it's definitely not worth it when you get like, you're like, oh man, I got a purple. And they're like, nope, it's a duplicate. Uh, So they really need to fix that. I really hope that either either Payday 3 is really good somehow. Yeah. Or or they go under and they sell Payday to a studio that will do it right. Instead of instead of like throwing, you know, shitty little currency systems in. No, I'm talking about overcomplicating everything. I'm talking about Overwatch. I'm sorry. Wow, I lost track of what you were saying. I guess. And I mentioned I'm I'm still on a little bit of drugs. uh, Yes. So. So no, this was with Overwatch. Uh, the way that. Oh yeah, fuck Overwatch. Yeah, they. Now I'm. I've never liked their their box system. So I only get the boxes for free from winning games in arcade mode, right? Yeah. But like I would be so pissed if I paid 20 bucks for like 20 boxes or 30 boxes whatever it is and every single box I got contained a a duplicate. That would piss me off. Like it makes yeah, me that... mad that I I earn like 5 boxes and every single box has a duplicate. It would make me more upset if I actually paid money for them. I I will say that that's something I I give credit to Hearthstone for is that yeah you can get duplicates in your card packs but the amount of currency that you get from a duplicate is pretty good considering and like you you, you only need like maybe 5 or 6 duplicates to be able to buy a card that you actually want and that's a lot better than what I remember Overwatch's conversion rate being, where like you could open ten boxes and get currency and maybe be able to afford one low tier skin. Yeah. Uh I have a lot of money, so I I'm able to get some really good skins, but I've also been playing it weekly for like the last year and a half. So you're gonna yeah. get money from doing that. And I get a bunch of duplicates and duplicates give you gold. Now, another game I played, so I basically played Overwatch, uh, Payday, and then the rest of the week I played Hades. And Hades is really good. 
I can get to the final boss, uh, but I haven't been able to beat the final boss yet. And that's annoying. So does it, does it just play like Bastion? I don't know. Uh, did you not play Bastion? I played Bastion for like maybe half an hour. So I, oh. I I don't have a very good knowledge of that, but I, I'm assuming it's similar. It's it's a is it just like an is it an isometric like brawler beat 'em up type thing with like yes. light RPG elements? Yes. Okay. Uh, but it's a roguelike. You you go through. Um, you have different encounters. There's three bosses. Uh, there's I'm not gonna try to you know, spoil anything, but you've got the Furies that you fight. That's the first boss is you fight a Fury. Uh, then the second boss is, I guess it's not really a spoil. You get to fight a Hydra, you know, Hydra. And then the just a, like Greek slash Roman. It's a, it's a, the whole, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a Greek thing. It's, it's Hades is based on Greek mythology. So, like, throughout, uh, you know how, like, with Binding of Isaac, you get different trinkets and stuff to increase your power. Uh, right. after, every, after every room you clear, you can do, uh, depending on which, which way you take, you can, like, speak with Aphrodite and get one of Aphrodite's gifts or Ares or um, uh, Zeus. So you get different boons. Like, if you get one from Zeus, you can make it so that every time you use your special attack, it does a lightning bolt to the enemy as well. So it does more damage. Uh, Ares has one where you can turn your... Ca There's three different things. Uh, you can turn your cast into a uh, blade rift, which is pretty sweet. So it's just like a big circle of blades that goes into the enemy. So there are various boons. It's great. The, the idea is you are Hades' son, and you're trying to escape the underworld uh and he's throwing a bunch of obstacles in your way to stop you from being able to escape the underworld so that's uh that's the game and it's really good and you should play it if you have the opportunity uh, i think it's 25 dollars, but i got it on sale for 20 during the the thanksgiving sale so probably during the christmas sale you'll be able to grab it for 20 as well it's done by super giant games which I believe are the same people that made Bastion. It is. Yeah, that's why I asked if it, yeah. if it played like that. So it's similar. Uh, I, I like this game a lot better than I did Bastion. I was not a fan of Bastion, really. So, uh, let's... Oh, you can find me. I'm Reeton everywhere. Um, you know, Twitter, Reeton, YouTube, Reeton, Twitch, I'm, I'm reading, but it's uh it's Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. is when I play uh, Pacific Time. It's when I play games on my uh, Twitch. This week, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 comes out, so I look forward to being like everyone else and streaming that. By the way, non-story, somebody t like there was some things going online saying that CD Projekt Red didn't want you streaming Cyberpunk 2077. That doesn't seem they did they did come out with a thing saying they didn't want you to stream it before the official release date yeah that okay. was yeah so people were like oh you can't stream the game that's bullshit and it's like no i read it they just don't want you like if you end up getting it a day early they don't want you streaming it early that's it wow what a fucking surprise i know like... right like it's different because back in the day uh, when Persona 5 came out, Atlas got a bunch of shit, and I gave them a bunch of shit because... Yeah, we've talked about it. Yeah, because they didn't want you streaming past the first chapter or whatnot. Uh, but they lightened up on that real fucking quick because there was a lot of backlash. Uh, let's move on, and we'll talk about some, some, uh, some video game news. Did you know that there is a console with PlayStation 2 backwards compatibility now? Uh, the PS3? Uh, certain models of the PS3, yes. <laughs> models that I don't have. Um, well, I have a modded PlayStation 3, so technically it can't. But anyway. Uh, no. No, you get another guess. Um, 
Backwards compatible with the PS2. Uh, oh, is the is the PS5 gonna be? Back, did they say that it's it's gonna be backwards compatible? <laughs> no. It apparently, oh. is the the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S are now backwards compatible with the PlayStation Two. What? What? So apparently, somebody was able to abuse the developer mode that you can get on the Xbox Series X and S and the Xbox One. And it's $20 to enable uh, developer mode. And then you're able to uh, go in and, and add in RetroArch to your PlayStation Series consoles. Yeah. And you can add RetroArch to your Xbox. Yeah, you can add it to your means... Xbox. And then you're able to load in plugins and get uh, the PlayStation 2 working. I've seen people play some GameCube games. GameCube's a little bit harder, so uh, they're, they're just working on it. Like, obviously, there's going to be some compatibility issues. Uh, but it, it does prove that if... If they wanted to, if if PlayStation or Sony was like interested in making their fans happy, they could easily add in PlayStation One and Two compatibility into the PlayStation Five. Like that, it it would take them like maybe half a month for somebody <laughs> to get it working on there. Well, I mean, that depends. Like. I don't know what RetroArch is licensed under. If it's licensed under GPL, that can be a problem. Well, yeah, um, but they, but like Sony could make their own emulator super quick. Uh, yeah, but that's not going to take two weeks. Come on now. They already have emulators. They already have a PlayStation and PlayStation 2 emulator. Yeah, you're right. Like well, they... at least... Well, the the PlayStation One emulator is is like literally like PCSX, right? Or a, a different one? Yeah. Uh, it no, was, it was a PCSX. I don't remember. It was something uh, like that, but it's on every yeah. PlayStation Three. Yeah, uh, but then like the the PS Two emulator, they do they do have uh, the ones they use for PS Two classics on PS Three. Well, and they also so, so they actually had the original. PlayStation 3 that came out was backwards compatible because it had the PlayStation 2 hardware built in as well. Yeah. Yeah. But then after that, so after that very first model, they realized that that cost way too much money. So they created another they, one. They did software emulation for the PS1. Yes, but then they did software emulation for the PS2 for a few of the consoles. They did? I they, thought it was only PS1. Nope. They had so they had PS2 had had backwards compatibility with software emulation on the PS3, and then they ended up. I believe they ended up getting rid of that as well. So there was just no backwards compatibility for the PS2 on the future models. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, second gen sixty gigs had yep. partially software based PS2 emulation. It was, wait, it was only the European one? That's weird. That's weird. Uh, but yes, so so that what I'm saying is they could do it. They could make it happen. It wouldn't take very long for them to, to get it up and running. But they don't want to. They They want to make money doing their PS2 classics and stuff like that, which is bullshit. Because they haven't even brought over all the PS2 classics to the PS4, or the PS1 classics to the PS4. So like, oh, and can... they also they they want to do like a cloud type thing with backwards compatibility. And I, as I said uh, around the beginning of this podcast, PS Now sucks. So. Yeah. So I think that is really cool that with the new Xbox Series consoles can do playstation backwards compatibility and playstation 2 backwards compatibility 
that's technically you could do this on an xbox one original as well if you wanted to yeah but i'm going to imagine that the uh the, the performance, performance probably is even worse. Yeah, because right now the PlayStation 2 has okay performance on the series consoles. Of course, they're going to have to do some tweaking to make it work better. That's yeah. just the nature of things. But for right now, uh, they, this is the only way to get backwards compatibility on a console of this generation. Or you could just use a PC. That's uh, yeah. That's another option. Yeah. Or the Raspberry um, Pi 5 when it comes out. It, uh, it, I I also don't agree with what this article says about how running emulation software more than likely violates Microsoft's terms and agreements. I highly doubt that. Yeah, I mean... If I you tried to sell it, it sure. Yes. Like, I, I could see them having issues with that, but paying 20 bucks for development mode and than just running arbitrary UWP software that happened to be RetroArch. I don't think anybody cares. No, probably not. They probably don't care. And it's honestly Microsoft at that point, at on that side, on the console side, uh, they're pretty cool lately. So I don't think that they would care that much. But you'll we'll wait and see when somebody breaks their Xbox. It also says that the emulator is limited to two gigabytes. And I don't know what that means. Is that two gigs of RAM? That doesn't sound right. It's or is two it like gigs the... of storage, I think. So do you have to bake the the games into the application payload? I yeah, I think that the because I, I watched a video on it, and I think that you're limited in developer mode to just have two gigs of storage or something like that. Interesting. And so, like, if you have games that are larger than two gigs, you can't play them. So that might be I something wonder... that they're... Maybe it's, like, two gigs per application or something like that, but I'm not sure. I wonder if, if they can find a way to let it utilize external storage. That's I... that's something that they're they're wondering, like, if there's a way that they could do that. Although I do wonder if maybe the Xbox has some... Uh some API limitations that keep it from doing that so that you can't do anything wonky. Yeah, there was uh there was a development kit that you could buy for the original PlayStation and it was it was cheaper than the than the actual PlayStation developer kit and people you normal people could order it for you know quite a few hundred dollars. Uh, the the black one, right? Yeah. And you so you could make games on it, but you only had access to like two megs of storage because you could only you couldn't ask access the disk drive with that system when you're in yeah, development it, mode. So it would only yeah, use the whole how game had RAM. to fit in RAM. Yeah, <clears throat> only two megs. Like, can you imagine that? Only two <laughs> megs for a video game. That is. Uh, you, you might be able to fit Doom in there. Yeah, Doom. Uh, Doom with two. no sound effects. Uh, well, I mean, also you have to think that like every game before the 32-bit era was under a meg or under two megs, unless unless you're going with PC gaming. But like, if you're talking about Nintendo, Sega, oh yeah, 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 like you're you're under two megs, so it's it's not that bad so you could you could still get some good games out of it it's just going to be really difficult to make that work and you're not going to have great you know 32 bit experiences out of that hey vib ribbon uh runs in ram does it uh well at least like the actual gameplay portion cuz that's that's how it works you you put the game disc in and then you can do it to where it um it'll play your music for the game it's a rhythm game oh, yeah. uh so you take the the game disc out and put a cd in and the game continues running in ram so that it can it can process your your stuff that's awesome uh monster rancher does something similar yeah or you could you could use your cds that that is such a weird concept now isn't it because who has cds <laughs> like yeah 
Wait, and it's funny you say that because I bought CDs for three people in my family for Christmas. Nice. Uh, and they're all older people because, and that's the only reason why I know that I can, I can justify buying them CDs because they're all gonna actually before, have a working CD player. Before we go on to the next story, uh, I did see something today. Super Giant Games, the people who made Hades, uh, they're coming out with a vinyl collection. Oh, nice. So I thought I, thought I, like I really, that. really like the I like the soundtrack for Bastion a lot. I like it more than I like the game itself. Hades has a really good soundtrack as well. They're they're really good. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but they're the composer that they that they work with is uh, pretty fucking legendary. Nice. Now, let's move on to our next story. And we're going to talk about Warner Brothers, one of our favorite movie studios. They, they suck. But Warner Brothers is going to be releasing their movies for 2021 uh, in theaters. And on the same day, they're going to be releasing them out to the general public to purchase. And yeah, this should have fucking happened a long time ago. Yeah, no shit. Like movie theaters, I don't like I like going to the movies occasionally. But I I hate that we have to go to the movies if we want to watch something. Otherwise, we have to wait six months to a year before it comes out on DVD or Blu-ray. So I think that it's great. They should they should be doing this. And um, it says here, throughout 2021, all of the company's new releases will premiere via HBO Max on day one alongside their theatrical releases. Um, especially with with covid i mean that's the whole reason they're doing this right because of covid oh yeah yeah um they know that they're they're losing out on a lot of money if they don't do this because a lot of people aren't going to go to theaters yeah so it says with a streaming service like hbo max you could theoretically burn uh through 10 matrix 4 viewing sessions in a single month with no limitations so I think that this is really good because, A, COVID. Like, you don't want to go in public right now. I'm terrified of going in public. Uh, I have not. Uh, I have not stepped into another building in, like, a month and a half now. Like, my, my, my girlfriend's not sick, but, like, she works at a hotel where, like, some, like, health guy came in there to to stay the night and he's like oh yeah there's like 30 new cases in our tiny ass town and that's terrifying yeah and there are people with covid like they the hospital is getting overflowing uh so they are putting some people like isolating them into hotel rooms oh god yeah and that's where my girlfriend works and she has like some medical issues where she really can't get COVID. Um, my roommate's sick. I don't think he has COVID, but I'm playing it safe and I'm trying to stay away from people even though I don't feel sick. So it's it's terrifying out there. So everything we can do to have things just at our house, whether it's work from home like we spoke about last week or movie theaters uh, getting food to be delivered to your house instead of going out in public and getting stuff delivered. Like, these are things that you really should think about so that you limit interaction with people, at least until the vaccine comes out and people start getting vaccinated. Um, and hopefully and it, the vaccine works. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right away. It seems, you know, all of the companies that have come out uh, have said that it has good efficacy rates. They just need to be approved by the FDA. And uh, none of it has to do with Donald Trump. None of the vaccinations. The vaccination that they came out with with, uh, for, with Pfizer was started to be developed in January before Donald Trump even mentioned COVID was a thing. So well, yeah. they had nothing to do with Pharmaceutical companies it. are motivated by money, not by the fucking president. Exactly. Uh, so anyway... Good good news is if you want to watch certain movies on um, 
for a certain Warner Brothers movies, like The Matrix 4, then you can do so and watch them on HBO Max on release day. So you still have to buy a service, but it's better than going out in public. A lot of you fucking normies probably have HBO Max anyway. Yes. Uh, This next story isn't really a story. I'm, I'm just curious. Uh, this, the, the headline here from Massively Overpowered is, For science, researchers investigate why some players invert their directional controls. Interesting. It says, Most research focuses on how people pay attention to individual objects, but humans can't, re- uh, can't really process more than a few details at once. Uh, there's a gaping hole in our knowledge regarding how our visual perception is heavily dependent on the rest of of this vast majority of sensory information, being able to predict how a person will interact uh, within a given given environment or context can bring about monumental advancements in technology. Um, so I'm curious, because some people do invert their controls and some people don't invert their controls when they're playing games like Halo or something like that. I know that when I played Halo, the original one, I would always invert my controls when playing on a controller. What about you? Always. So um, why is that? So the interesting thing is that I did it to be different. Oh, <laughs> I did it I, on I, accident. I I made the conscious decision uh, whenever I started playing Halo, and I was I was like, "What does invert? What 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 is this?" Why would I want to push down to look up? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be cool and I'm going to do this. And now I can't not play like that. What happened with me was in the original Halo, they gave you an option during the training, during the tutorial to invert your controls. They're like, do you want your controls inverted? And I was like, sure. And then I didn't realize you could change it, so I just played through the game with inverted controls and got used to it. So I that's why I play inverted, and it's just more natural to me now because that's that's how I play games on on controllers. Um, I know some people do invert their controls with like my like if you're playing a flight simulator, right? You're gonna. The, the controls are going to be inverted for flight simulator or, or a flight game like that because typically so, down is up. Yeah. And, and I, I think that that's probably part of it for like most people that do invert controls. I also, cause I've thought about this um, because also remember uh, in the earlier days of 3d games, a lot of games for some reason had inverted horizontal camera yeah by default like like you can't even change it uh ps a lot of ps1 games that i've played uh have done that and it's been awful uh but then i realized that it really i think depends on how your brain interprets what the movement of the camera is supposed to mean um and by that i mean is it supposed to be that when you point a direction that it moves your viewpoint in the same direction like like that you're turning your character's head or are you thinking of it in terms of like the camera is its own entity and you are moving that camera in the direction of there that you're pointing the stick so that when you point down it means the camera needs to move down thereby adjusting your viewpoint up and I think that that that's maybe somewhere what what it is that that is the difference is that different people just automatically interpret the direction to mean different things in terms of like what your input translates to into the game. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I'm not quite sure. Um, I just I know I've always inverted my controls since Halo and it might make like i don't know like if you think about the way that your head is actually moving it makes kind of makes sense to have like it's like you're it's like you're pulling on the back of your head to look up 
yeah and you're pushing forward on the back of your head to look down yeah. like that's that's what i usually imagine but like i think for a lot of people whenever they look up they're they're pointing up and it's like there's someone in front of the of your character saying look up and that's what is going on in their head in that in that fraction of a moment yeah but i know that uh i was pretty good at halo and i had inverted control so i don't think it really affected my game that much no it it does i don't think that there's really any any difference because like the human brain just adapts to yep. to things like that what i think is weird is people who invert mouse aiming that is and weird like now that i think about that it's like why is it that we play with controllers inverted but we don't invert the mouse like why doesn't that convert in our brains at all uh it might be because like we're we're used to using a mouse pointer and pointing and clicking and that's yeah, probably it i could see that cuz like do you also get fucked up in a in a controller based game when there's like so you, you have inverted y axis all the time but then there's like a segment where there's a cursor on the screen and then the cursor is also inverted. Does that fuck with your brain? Cause it fucks with mine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, cause the cursor is, <laughs> is supposed to like, you know how that's supposed to work. There's right. no, there's no real uh, ambiguity there. Right. There's no like, Oh, I'm, like, I move down with the mouse and it moves up. Right. That would be. Yeah. Weird. It's like, no, no, I'm controlling the dot on the screen. It needs to go the direction I point. This is Atari game and it needs to go the way I point it. But then like you're back in the first person perspective and it's like, no up and down are opposite because. <laughs> it's like, yes. I, uh, I, I, humans are dumb. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're very easily to be tricked. Uh, let's move on to our last story of the day. And this is something we're going to bitch about. So did you know that HP had a free Ink for Life program? I did not, actually. I didn't know about this either, but they're ending it. And it's really stupid. Um, and this is from Mashable. It says here, it turns out HP's free Ink for Life plan wasn't actually for life. And it wasn't really free. Did you did I so I sent you this story to post in the Discord, but did yeah, you read about you did. it at and all? And I I I read through it. Um I I think I I remember everything. And yeah, what a fucking bizarre concept to begin with. And then like it, it not not only is it bizarre on its own, but it's also really gross. And then what a bunch of fucking bullshit to then bait and switch everyone like this. Yeah, okay. So let's talk about how how this works uh i don't mind like part of this it says the company remotely monitored buyers ink usage and sent out free cartridges when they were running low that sounds to me like what a lot of businesses do like they'll just it's a lot easier to have you know kind of a managed print service where you bought you have a lease they monitor how much like how much ink you have and they'll send you out ink when when you're uh when you're getting low on certain printers. That's well, actually lots of lots of printers have that functionality. Like even my shitty Epson printer I got for like twenty five bucks at Walmart has that. And I don't really mind that part. Like you're kind of you're you're it, yeah, I, I think that you should be able to turn it off, but if you're buying into this program, you're probably gonna want them to monitor it. What was really shitty about it is typically if you're like a business that's leasing a printer or a group of printers, uh, they don't really have a limit to how much you can print. They, they kind of monitor your usage beforehand. You give them how much usage you have, and they build your plan around that. So it's a lot easier for them to say okay you print roughly a thousand pages a month uh we're gonna bill you for roughly that's what's gonna what it's gonna cost and it'll cost this much per page is what your lease will end up costing um but the way that this worked was it said printing and ink was not unlimited users were allowed to print 15 pages per month 
Subscribers also that... had to have a credit card on file with HP. So let's. So that they would over they would charge you an overage fee on your printing if you printed too much. If you printed more than one page every other day, <laughs> they would charge you. If you want, if you went over fifteen pages a month, HP would charge you a dollar for ten additional pages, which is some bullshit. That they so... would charge you for printing from your printer. So and do you you're... even have a printer? Me? No. So I, I have a printer that we got specifically because we had to do our taxes manually one year. Oh, yeah. Um, so an inkjet printer, if you don't print often enough with it, the ink will just dry out inside the printer. And then you have to go buy more cartridges even though you didn't even print enough. Yep. And I'm wondering, so if you if you print so little that you're not going to print more than 15 pages a month, what happens if, like, you don't print for four months and then your ink cartridge doesn't work, but you also haven't printed enough for it to be low, so, like, HP's not going to send you another cartridge? Do you just have to go buy a cartridge? Could you maybe request a cartridge at that point? I don't know how the plan worked, but I doubt it. But... I I did it's have a, a bunch of bullshit to me. I I had a printer. What was it? Three, three and a half, four years ago, something like that. When I got my job at Sony, and I had to fill out a ton of paperwork to get my job at Sony, so I ended up buying a printer just so I could print out all the stuff so I could get my job. And that was the last time I had it, and then I just let it set there for like two years never printed anything and then now it's in the garage i think so i technically have a printer but i'm not gonna buy ink for it because fuck that yeah. noise um okay so 15 pages a month if you go over 15 pages a month it's for every 10 pages you have a have to pay a dollar and it goes to your credit card or debit card on file uh every five pages hp would print an ad on your printer what the fuck? It didn't count towards your print count, uh, but they would print an ad on your printer for ev after every five pages. Yeah, um, that's also taking away paper, and this doesn't include paper. Uh, that's true. That doesn't include paper. Is really cheap, but that is true. It doesn't include. Paper. It's goddamn it! It's still stupid. It is. Uh, now. It says, now those halcyon days are gone. HP will charge participants of the program 99 cents per month for their 15 pages. Uh, <laughs> so $12 a year for their free Ink for Life plan. Uh, so and so that's that went up infinitely. It went up from $0 for the first 15 pages to 99 cents per month. So it's infinitely more expensive. Uh there are three tiers, by the way. There are tiers of $0.99 cents up to $25 a month for more pages based on your printing needs. One positive change of the plan is that you can roll over your unused pages up to a cap. So if you don't print 15 pages in a month, you can then get 30 pages the next month. So that's really cool. It's, it calls them... Uh, there, the article is calling it a bait and switch, which I, I would say, yeah. It says free ink for yeah. life deal um, is the latest trick pulled by HP to make as much money as possible from their machines. They say that um, um, they broke down that HP has milked its customers dry with security chips and ink cartridges that stop your printer from working if you try to use cheaper ink from a third party, which is true, right? They definitely do that which I think should be illegal. I thought it was illegal. I thought they ruled uh, that you couldn't do that. Well, no. So, um this is stupid. So, so uh, wait, it, are you what 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 did you say was illegal because I was reading the consumer reports I, article on this? I thought that they made it illegal 
for them to limit third-party cartridges? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Uh, the HP printers that I worked on at my last job, all of the inkjet cartridges or uh, laser jet cartridges had little security chips in them. Uh, well, I don't think they can, they can't stop you from like refilling them. Oh, okay. But like their, their, their software will, it, like you have to modify it to get it to, to recognize that there's more toner in the, in the cartridge. They, yeah, they um, would do that. Um, like at, at my last job, we would buy third-party cartridges for some of our printers, and they would work great. Um, and then every once in a while, like you'd get halfway through the cartridge, and it would just stop working. Like they would just be like, "Oh yeah, this isn't a legit cartridge. You can't print with it anymore." Ha ha. Pay two hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I could see this still being a pretty decent deal. If you have specifically a laser jet printer, um, only because, uh, at least in my experience, laser uh, toner cartridges don't uh, don't really dry out or anything because they're just powder anyway. Yeah. So like you you can just have the printer sitting sitting around for like you know half a year and then go and print with it. Um, it does look like uh, the way that this works now is you get six months of free service uh so free free ink and then after the six months you have to start paying monthly and uh the 25.99 plan is 1500 pages a month that's it yeah only 1500 pages which like that is a pretty decent amount. Like, like that's a lot for a normal person. Oh yeah. But for like a business, I don't think that that's much at all. Like that's that's nowhere near enough. I I'm sure that my department alone, uh, at my last enterprise job, went through that in a day. Like. Yeah. I well, like I I've worked at places like, um. Like at at the both the manufacturing places I work, they print tons of stuff all the time, and it's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of pages that we print. I would say every two weeks we print at least a couple thousand pages. So, uh, brother and Canon both offer similar services, uh, and in my experience, uh, Canon makes better printers. Brother, I, not so much. I hate brother. I hate them so much. Their uh, brothers, brothers, laser jet printers are god awful. The, there's only one good thing about the brother laser laser jet printers, and do you know what that is? They're but fucking they're, cheap. Cheap. They're yeah. super cheap. <laughs> but they're cheap uh, for a reason because they have like they have multiple models that just don't have screens. Yeah. Like they're. <laughs> we. Uh. We would, when I was working at uh, Keith, my boss and I, we neither of us liked Brother Printers, but if you're going to throw something in a manufacturing environment where it's going to get beat up anyway, just throw a Brother in there because it's, no matter what you do, whatever printer you're putting in there, it's going to die in a year just yeah. because you have so much shit going on around it, like so much dirt just building up that yeah. just throw a Brother out there let it die and then buy a new one for 50 bucks. That That's... was, yeah, that was what we did at, at my last job. Uh, they, they worked with a lot of dealerships and they needed printers in the shop where yeah. like you did, it's a similar environment. And yeah, like, you don't want any, you don't want to put a, a giant HP laser jet sitting over in the corner on that because it's, it's going to look like shit in a month and it's going to run like shit in six months. So, well, and I hate, well. I hate, uh, I know we're, we'll stop this, but, uh, the people around that printer, right? Like whenever I print something out on a printer that has dirt on it and I get dirt on the paper that I printed, <laughs> I get annoyed and will clean the printer so that way, the next time it prints something, it doesn't have that dirt on it. 
Uh, but like so many people I've worked with will just print out a bunch of stuff and have dirt on the page and not give a shit. And I'm like, can you just like every, you know, once a week, just take a rag and just wipe down the printer, at least the tray where the paper is coming out, like just wipe that area down so that you don't get a bunch of dirt and grime on the paper that you're printing. And they're like, yeah, sure. And I go in there like two weeks later and it's just covered in dirt. And maybe don't load the, the paper tray using your, your oil covered hands so that there's oil all over several of the sheets and like all over the tray. Maybe, maybe just like wear a pair of gloves or something or wash your fucking hands first. Well, and here's another thing to complain about. Um, at my last job, we had a room with like three printers in it. Because every person there wanted their own printer. What the fuck? So it was, well, it wasn't really a room. There were three rooms. But each room had its own printer. Uh, there was one room... And they were right next to each other, like within 10 feet of each other. And they all worked together. So, but like they did not want just a centralized printer there because they wanted their own printer to print from. And I was just like, what the fuck? In that area, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine? I think we had nine printers in a very small office area. To be fair, one or two of those printers were like HR printers where they needed to print out like important documents, like classified information, stuff like that. But we could have consolidated a lot of that into about three printers instead of having nine in a small area. So... That was that was very frustrating in that in that job. Just and we would go in there and we'd be like, oh, we're gonna, you know, we've got mandates from management that they want to get rid of printers, so we're taking we're getting two of these printers are getting moved, and then we'd have to get yelled at for like twenty minutes about how they need <laughs> to have printers and they can't share the printers because they print too much. So. That's Man, being IT documents, sucks. Paper documents really shouldn't be a thing anymore. No, that's one thing that surprises me about where I'm working now is how many printers we have and how I have to support them. So, because uh, at Sony, we had three printers, 200 people. That's how it should work, by the way. 200 people. We had a printer on each floor. We had three floors. Each floor had its own printer, and if you needed a print to it, you did, and somebody else managed the fucking ink. It wasn't me. Uh, that's how it should be. If if you have, like, a thousand printers in a very small area, then you're doing it wrong. And if you complain about having to walk to go get your papers, uh, you're a bad employee. You're fat. You're fat. That's what Aroa does. He complains about yeah, having yeah. to walk. I don't want to get my papers. <laughs> he, he, he had a printer that was too far away, so he just got one of those like grabber things from the dollar store. Yeah. To grab his paper. I, I, I got like 10 of them, and I, I hooked them all together so that I could reach clear across the floor. That would be hilarious. Like... <laughs> I just, I just want you to have not. I, I want one of those, but like a telescope one where you could just like keep extending yeah. it. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking like either that or like one of those like old novelty boxing glove things like they had in, in old cartoons where you like you squeeze the levers together and it zooms way out. That would be amazing. <laughs> well, let me grab my papers real quick. And. There, there was uh, there was a guy who was uh, way bigger than you, and he ended up breaking his ankle. 
I believe from what I understand, he broke his ankle by getting off of a bike. And he's like, well, there was like oil and I slipped on the oil, but there was no oil around. And he ended up, so he ended up not healing correctly because even if your ankle's broken, like you're, they still want you to like move around a bit. Like they want you to be somewhat active. Otherwise things aren't going to heal correctly. And so he was not very active and used one of those things all the time. One of those grabber thingies and yeah. like just his ankle never healed right. So, you know, that's a warning is don't be lazy with the, the brilliant ideas that people come out with. Uh, anyway, did you, Oh wait, I wanted to say thank you for being here. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah, I was, I was here and, I, I did it. You did it. Uh, we'll be back next week with our next episode of the Written Entertainment Podcast. Stay tuned. Uh, we're going to talk probably a lot about Cyberpunk 2077. About how I probably didn't play it. I bought it twice. Oh. I I bought it twice. I bought it once right. on I bought it once on Good Old Games, and then my friend's birthday is on the eighth, so I bought. I bought that for her, for her. Birthday. Oh yeah, it's gonna be on GOG. Yep, it's on. It's on. It's on good old games. <laughs> Thank you for being here. We'll talk to you next week on the Beaten Entertainment Podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>